let's begin with the disclaimer. Let's get the disclaimer out of the way first before we get into the cast itself. Yeah, so like I want to do the disclaimer first. Mm-hmm. To those who are listening and see the topic of this cast, if you are a person of devout faith, we want to stress something. Our intention with this cast is not to make fun of you. We have no. the fullest respect for your beliefs. We have the fullest respect for what you believe in. And um, we do not want to trash that. Our intention with this is to criticize some very problematic movies with some very problematic issues. And we want you to know that we are not insulting you, but we've got to call bad movies what they are. And it's time to cover the worst of the worst uh, going right now. Most of the point of this is you deserve better. You deserve better. You're an audience with tremendous buying power. Don't you guys want something more? Don't you guys deserve something more? So that's what we're t- telling you, is that you deserve better. So with that in mind, let's get started. Hello, goodbye. I wanted to see, but I guess I, I don't have the strength to speak tonight. special guest with us today say hi thomas hello everyone hello internet uh you may know him as uh film spectrum on twitter and he also has a a a let's play show yep nerd party it's on youtube just look for the red balloon on the channel icon yeah it's 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 pretty irritating oh (laughs) yeah Go give it, a, go give it a watch. Um, but yeah, welcome to our much promised exploitation guest. Exploitation, exploitation. Yes. We planned it, this one a year ago, and then a lot happened. Yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's right. We were going to do this last February, weren't we? Yeah. Damn. Come think about it, Thomas. I think weren't we planning on having you on this one too? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned something months ago on Twitter on through the film room saying, hey, yeah. if you, you were in the industry, give us a shout. And I mentioned something, hey, I was an extra in, in a Christian film. And then it just kind of yeah. went on from there. That That's that's pretty much how I'm, I'm guesting on this cast today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I did yep. not know that. Yeah. We, 
it, it also helps that you've seen a number of the films that we're going to be discussing. We're going to focus on three films in particular, one of which we only added at the last minute, and I am so glad we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, am I glad we did. But what is our intention with this cast? Well, here's the thing. The Christian film industry has gotten pretty big. Especially over like the past few years. Over the past few years, the Christian in film industry has really kicked into uh, strength with uh, companies like PureFlix coming out and uh, a number of imitators. Uh, PureFlix has been the most successful. You've got the success of the Kendrick brothers with their films, such as uh, uh, Fireproof, Courageous, and uh, War Room was a big hit this year. Um, the the these are guys. The industry is in extreme strength. Um, it's uh, also fueling a number of very good videos from other sites. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, thecinemasnob.com has been wall-to-wall a lot of these videos. Brad Jones has really made it his mission to take on a number of these films, be it in the um, midnight screenings, mm-hmm. where he's made his uh, entire crew of people that uh, he goes to see movies with go and see these films. Those have been great videos. Those have been uh, amazing videos. He's done a number of episodes as the cinema snob. Uh, he did Saving Christmas and Old Fashioned. Uh, I, Old Fashioned. Ugh. Oh, yeah, that one was bad. These are. This is an industry that's really having some strength. And I, as I said, Jones's takes are hysterical. Um, I'm going to say right now, everybody just go watch his because they're mm-hmm. hilarious. You'll laugh your ass off. Um Jones is seriously on fire with these. Um, yeah. And then also there's the the Bible Reloaded. They they have like a little short series where they do cover some of the Christian films. Like they've covered uh, God's Not Dead. They've covered the Nicolas Cage Left Behind. They've done Heaven is for Real. And they've done... Yeah, there's so many of these movies. That's the yeah. thing. Though we considered doing the Nicolas Cage Left Behind, but when it came out that it was just a generic action movie with yeah. a thin resemblance to the book, it was like, yeah. I'm we we got to go with Kirk. Yeah. We got to go with Kirk. So uh, that's one of the films that we are going to cover. Kirk Cameron's a little more batshit insane himself anyway. Yeah. yeah. More and, so and, and, than Nicolas Cage. I'm going to get to a point when we get to, to Cameron. Uh, but this, this genre, it, the thing about it, though, is I've been fascinated by this genre for a very long time. Um, we are going to talk about the mid-90s or the late-90s, uh, early 2000s brief bubble. Because it wasn't even a boom. It was a bubble. Oh, yeah. Which I was fascinated by. I actually had a number of novelizations of those films. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me tell you, some of those were actually a lot of fun to read. Um, I have the novelizations of both Omega, Omega Code movies. Yeah, I have the novelizations of both of those. Those are Those are... They're awesome in that they're so bad it's good, frankly. Um, yeah, um, as I said, we're gonna we're gonna get to all that, but I want to start kind of go back and uh, look at. We're gonna take this in chronological order as we hit this. Um, obviously, we can't discuss Christian films without discussing the Hayes Code, the era where you had your movies that were. The first religious exploitation films that you had were stuff like The Sign of the Cross and The Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. The, These the were, sword and sandal stuff. Sword and sandal stuff, where really when you get right down to it, these were movies that were... How do, how do, 
they were movies that you supposedly went in for the religious content, but you were really going in for the skin and the sin and all that. There was nudity in at least one version of the sign of the cross. I mean, just to make the point of just how, yeah, but it was okay because these were serious films. These were pious films. Oh yeah. And eventually the industry realized they could drop the pretense and start just going on ahead and doing these movie, doing the uh, sinful elements without having to put the the mask of see we're doing it for a, uh, a religious purpose. So that ended the sword and sandal era, and that's when the Christian industry started to pop up as its weird kind of little independent thing. Um, there have been Christian films, so to speak, for a good many years. Um, in the 70s, of course, your most famous examples were The a Thief in the Night, which was the proto left behind. The first big... Are, are you, you're not familiar with these, are you? No. Okay. No. Quick rundown. These were movies that tried to do basically what Left Behind would go on to do. Stories about the rapture, you know, the rapture, the Antichrist taking over, the mark of the beast, all the elements that would become familiar in Left Behind but doing it on an extremely low budget. Um, these were the kinds of movies that were really distributed to churches, church mm. basement. Mo- these are what you would call church basement movies. A lot of these movies did not play theaters. Let's be, yeah. you would have a few of them would play like maybe one screen here and there, but really most of these movies played churches. They played church basements. They were, it was an underground thing really. Mm-hmm. And these movies, you know, they were rarely feature length. Um, They tended to be on the shorter side, 75 minutes, which is funny because we're going to cover a movie that runs an hour and 50 minutes at one point in this cast. Felt every fucking minute. Felt every split second of it. It was so, worse the second time around. I'm oh, sure it would be. God, I bet. <laughs> I'm sure it would be. So, you know, these were movies that were, you know, these were chintzy, cheap little movies made by people who really meant it earnestly. And so I wasn't planning on having us watch any of these movies, though you can find them on uh, YouTube. They're oh, easily yeah. available on YouTube. They're easy to riff. And you know, as I said, I've never seen any of the Thief in the Night movies. I've only read about them. They seem they seem to the point where I kind of have to wonder if the filmmakers didn't at least consider a lawsuit against the makers of Left Behind. Or what's more likely, the there may have been like, I would not be surprised to find out that there was an under-the-table payoff because these bore such a resemblance. Didn't they only, when they were making the Left Behind movies, didn't they only get up to like the third book? We're going to get to no, that. They, no, they, from what I read on TV Tropes last night in prep for the cast, the two movies after the original Left Behind, the second one covers the first half of the second book, and then the third one covers the second half of the second book. So that's all the, fu- that's how far they got. Oh, yeah. wow. It, yeah. 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 Not, not the complete series. No, not the complete series, and we're we're gonna get we're gonna get to that because we are as I said we are gonna cover the Kirk Cameron left behind. 
you can get the Kirk Cameron left behind movies. You can get virtually every movie except God's Not Dead that we're going to discuss on this on YouTube. They're all on there. Yeah. Because there's really not anybody enforcing the copyrights on them. Um, but, okay. The movie that I was sent a recommendation to uh, was by um, one of my friends on Twitter, um, at FookThis recommended it <laughs> and boy was boy is that an accurate name mm-hmm. and this is a movie that uh really does a wonderful job of encapsulating everything that those early 70s movies were cheap chintzy silly and probably easily the most exploitative of the films that we watched it is called if footmen tire you what will horses do it's really such a cumbersome title. It's like I I had trouble remembering what it was called word for word after you sent it yeah. to me. I'm like, yeah, I I had to struggle. It, it's it's a bad title. Um, it it is. It it's it's a paraphrased Bible verse. That, mm, something yeah. from Jeremiah. That, again from TV tropes. But I'm yeah. like, oh, so that's where it came from. Still, yeah. still a bad title, but. Yeah, and most of the film really has nothing to, like, it doesn't tie. It's weird. It's it's a weird title. Um, oh boy, this movie. This uh, is a fifty-two minute movie. Uh, yeah. I clocked it. It seemed to, or at least that's it, the length of the bulk of it. It it was fifty-two minutes, and then like the next four minutes after after that, from the link you sent me, was the intro for his other film, The Burning Hell. Yeah, which is also on YouTube, and which I may wind up watching because me, me too. I'm, I'm <laughs> this curious. was entertaining as all get out. Yeah, uh, this is a movie that amounts to being based on a sermon, and which was turned into a book by a writer, by a preacher by the name of Estes Perkle. That just that name just sounds like you're in for some uh, wow, heavy-handed, hammy, yeah. over-the-top stuff, and it did wow. not disappoint. No. The origins of this movie are that it came from a uh, maker of exploitation films, Ron Ormond, who made uh, such films as Mesa of Lost Women Mm. and uh, worked with Ed Wood. Uh, I think he funded some of Ed Wood's stuff. I think he funded Jailbait. Yeah. Um, This movie is, the basic plot of it is a preacher gives a sermon and uh, it's illustrated with video with uh, examples from his sermon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he looks directly at you while he's giving it. Yes, he does. And he doesn't stop to take a breath. No. no he doesn't he want just, to stop. He plows through them like, sir, take a breath. <laughs> the things that are happening in America today are like a Sunday school picnic compared to that which will take place within the next 24 months, unless revival breaks out in our country. Tens of millions of Americans will be shot down like flies in our towns. He's clearly a good preacher. I mean, I'll say that. He, he's, yeah. got the, he's got the fire. He's got the energy. Uh, got the fire. Although, got the brimstone. Yeah. yeah. You can do it, but take a breath. I know. I know. The way, the, way uh, this film, like, when was that made? 
when was it made? 70s, 50s? Uh, early 70s. Early 70s. It was released in 19... The release date that I see is 1971, but some people are disputing, saying it might have been released as early as 1969. There's just not clear information on it. <laughs> okay. Well, it has, uh, it has the sound and video and uh, film quality enough that I kept expecting Mike and the Bots to pop up at any second. Me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah. And I wanted except, them to so bad. This is too graphic for them to ever cover. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 boy. This, this movie. Uh, this movie amounts to, when you get right down to it, what this movie really is, is Faces of Death for the Pious. Um, because most of this movie is, the idea that we see in these hypothetical fantasy sequences is what it would be like if communists, who are all played by people with thick southern accents... Oh, and who are mostly the same guy. Yeah. Mostly the same guy. <laughs> Communists, okay, a communist uh, with a thick southern accent, uh, trying to sound Russian, uh, trying to, uh, you know, it's describing what will happen when they take over. Now, there's a huge plot hole in this, in that, you know, communists couldn't have taken over. We had no way of knowing it at the time, but... Really, the Russian military was pretty pathetic at that point. World War II had kind of decimated them, I'm just saying. Um, we had no way of knowing they were in no position to attack, whereas the U.S. only got stronger. Um, but the communists take over. And so we see such things as communists barging in, stealing your wife, shooting you, and raping her. Yeah, like... Like the one scene where it's implied where the two communist soldiers drag a girl out to the woods and then it stops right there. So it's like, oh, she's going to get raped. Yeah. Evil communists. Yes. Purity of essence. Purity of fluid, fluids. Like the whole the whole time I, I could have sworn Gen that Perkle was really General Ripper from Dr. Strangelove giving a yes. sermon. Yeah. Yes, that's really what it felt like. Like, at the start, it's like communism, communism, like, purity of essence, purity of fluids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm exactly waiting for him to say that, and it, it doesn't happen, and I'm like... <laughs> kind of a letdown. This movie is 52 minutes. It is 100 minutes of, of just sheer absurdity in a 52-minute package. You've got <clears throat> shots of people mowed down in the streets... Covered in fake blood. Oh, and mostly children. Mostly yeah, children. children. Which uh, also doesn't make sense because if you're going to keep communism going, don't you want the children to be alive so that when they grow up and they can procreate, you can get more communist babies? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've got the uh, you've got the sequence um, where a child is tortured by. Um, having pieces of bamboo shoved in his ears to deafen and, him, and then he vomits. For a long time. Yeah. That, like, the second time I watched it again last night, and I I couldn't watch that sequence again. I, I no. just couldn't. It hurts. Especially because no, you it, know that kid it, was probably really puking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that did not look fake. I'm like... How low do you have to be to induce that in a child? Yeah, I mean it's a child. 
It straight up looks like they shoved a stick through his head. Yeah. Unfortunately, in that scene, the special effects are very good. Ugh, in all movie, the wrong ways. This movie is just... This movie is what amounts to this guy that was an exploitation filmmaker being unable to shake his worst habits. Um, this is a grotesque, disgusting movie. But I so recommend it. In fact, we're going to include a link to it yeah. with the cast because we do want y'all to see it. Oh, it, it just should definitely exercise be caution. There's blood, there's vomit. You, you know what to expect now after hearing this, but still. It's still shocking. It's still, and I mean, and when you get right down to it, really nothing more happens in this movie except for the torture of Christians. Yeah, it's, I think, uh, uh, you know, we were talking about it as I, as I was watching it, and uh, you said, yeah, it's, it's the Christian persecution complex all embodied in, a fil in one film. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a thread that's going to run throughout this cast is that there's this persecution complex. There was a real benefit to having communism. Uh, this was noted in a review by the, uh, uh, of the unknown movie uh, at the unknown movies. It's a, it's a really good review. It's one of my favorite sites. Uh, and the reviewer pointed out communism was great for the Christian, right? Because it gave them an enemy that they could genuinely be afraid of. Um, and, and we're going to get into that idea as we keep going. But communism was a great enemy, and when it collapsed, they lost that. Um, but you can really tell that this movie kind of takes a sick pleasure in, don't you see how real this could be? Um, there are hints of the good old-fashioned boogeyman that is pop culture, but not as much as there would come to be later on. Like... Like listening to Perkle list off, oh, these things will lead to sin. It's like he he got sex, he got drugs, Dancing. no rock and roll. I'm like, mm -hmm. TV, yes, but at that point he just kind of drifted into video drum territory. But yeah, this long lived the new flesh. I know, I know. When when you think about rock and roll, I just think about the outrage over uh, Dewey Cox's innocent uh, love song in Walk Hard. You think we don't know what you're talking about when you say, take my hand? What do you mean? It's about holding hands. You watch your mouth. You know who's got hands? The devil. And he uses them for holding. Uh, like, at this point, we might as well be watching Rockets, Your Salvation, or... Your Decision. Yeah, Your Decision, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was going to get to that one. I was building to that one. Don't worry. Yeah. That one was, was going to come up. Don't worry. I uh, love, I love the completely unintended parallel of, okay, the communists, whatever, uh, the guy, the, uh, the southern Russian guy is, has a bunch of kids in a room and he's like, Since you believe that Jesus answers prayers, let's see if your Jesus will bring you some candy now and produce a miracle. There is no candy. Your Jesus didn't bring us any candy. The reason why, your Jesus Christ can't do it. And then the parallel later, 
uh, Mama's not gonna love you until you accept Christ in your life, and she died. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, um, um, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. By the way, that that candy thing is extremely stupid. It's also apparently based on actual research, um, which he uh, does not cite in his entire sermon. I'm like, no. if you're gonna stop yeah. with the anecdotes, give us citations for this stuff. Because I mean, that, that one you could actually probably cite. That one you could actually find citations for. I've I've seen that listed before. I mean. It, yeah, but Perkle didn't give it in, in this. Perkle didn't film. give. Oh yeah, this is this is completely unsourced. Um, I'm going to talk about citations in a moment. Um, this movie is here's the thing. This movie is weird, and when you get right down to it, it's really designed to scare you into believing. It's believe, or you'll be tortured, then shot. Yeah, and your yeah. mother won't love you. And your mother, or you know, you'll be you'll be forced to shoot your own mother after. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that after was... that terrible line thing where you have your communist guard right there, a few inches away from you, I'm like, Fifth, tell mother, I know I'm a Christian, but God will forgive me if I lie about it just this once. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why he makes him kill his mom. I mean, yeah, this is this. By the way, this movie used to be shown to children. I just want to point out because uh, a number of people on IMDb reported watching this. Um, in their church. Yeah. Yeah, I found a few of those that commented in on the link you sent me saying they watched it at, at church when they were kids and how it traumatized them. Like, I don't blame you. I I'd be scarred for life too if I saw kids dropping their dad onto pitchforks again and again. Or... Yeah, that was just wow. This just this movie only exists to celebrate torture i mean that's really what this movie is um however this movie did not exist in a vacuum um i did some reading on some of these films because this is a cast i've been researching for a long time movies like this did start to have some success uh one of the few theatrical distributors that i was able to confirm was billy graham had a company worldwide pictures and they had a number of films released um they more or less stopped by about the mid 90s um but they would release such films as they did a film, you know, there was a movie about a woman with mental impairments. There was uh, at least one Holocaust story. Uh, not movies that I'm particularly bothered by. Um, then there was a movie about a guy who finds himself working as a gay hustler in the underbelly of Amsterdam. And um, yeah. Working as a gay hustler in the underbelly of Amsterdam with far too much knowledge. Um, yeah, this was a movie that actually got distribution theatrically. Um, they made some weird movies. Um, Caught was the name of it. It was a movie. Yes, the name of the movie was Caught. Uh, it was a movie about a guy who is forced to work as a um, gay hustler in the underbelly of Amsterdam. And it was po- pointed out by many people who've seen it. Uh, the people that made this knew way too much about it. They knew way too much about the gay underbelly of Amsterdam. So, yeah, so that's the kind of exploitation films that you have. This movie was released in 1987. Um, yeah, that yeah, recent. That recent. Uh, wow. Now, Graham, Graham had a few movies here and there. There was your survival films. You also had a few other distributors that were doing films. 
with some like family values would be the way they'd be masked. Um, now that one played theaters. I want to point out that one actually got theatrical distribution. You also had other limited little blips here and there. Um, usually movies that didn't get too much distribution, but that was an example of one that you did. Um, uh, a lot of us might remember feature films for the family. Yeah. Yeah. I they did, they did a lot of movies uh, that you would see. Uh, they were your squeaky clean family films that everybody could watch that maybe they didn't directly reference uh, the big, uh, big J, but uh, they were clearly aimed at that audience. Yeah. I, I found a lot of those at, in the Salvation Army. Yeah. Like that's where I found most of the stuff in, in preparation for this cast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these were movies we've all we all watched them in schools. Uh, I watched them in public schools. Even um, they're not they're not offensive, but they're sure not good. So that's a that's a th those those you might could uh, remember. Um, again, you had limited blips here and there, um, and then you had you know as the '90s started to go on. Again, most of this stuff went to video. That was really their big focus. Um, video really enabled a lot of these companies. Mm -hmm. You, uh, but you started to have the millennial, the millennium coming, and that's what started to lead to what I call the second wave, the second form. And this was an extremely bizarre bubble. I mean, do, do any of y'all even really remember that this bubble happened? Vaguely. I feel like that's probably appropriate because it was only a couple of studios. Uh, the big one was the Crouch family's Generaxation Films. Yep, which, for the Omega Code. Yeah, the Omega yep. Code was their big success. Yep. Uh, in, in 1999, um, these people scored an unexpected success, which is to say they like doubled their budget on yeah. um, the Omega Code, uh, which is a generic... Antichrist rules the world movie. Yeah. It's generic end times movie. It's not all that notable. It's not all that fun. It's not all that weird. Really? The only it. cool thing about it is the shiny cover on the videotape, which I yeah. have right here. That's a cool cover. Yeah. It, but it's, it's really it. It's, it's a silly little movie. Um, they would... This is... You know, they would go on ahead after that, after it, you know, unexpectedly doubled its budget. And they had a lot of success with Good Times Video releasing the video and mm -hmm. DVD. They would go on ahead and do a uh, second uh, film, which was more or less a not, not really a sequel, but an absolute remake. Uh, bore no continuity to the original. Uh, the only thing it carried over was Michael York as the Antichrist. And I'm sorry, if that sentence doesn't make you laugh automatically, then come on. They went in to make a sequel. And this is probably why the bubble burst. Because I want y'all to think about this. The original Omega Code made $12 million. How much would you budget for a sequel knowing that, you, that the first one brought in $12 million? How much would you budget? Less than that. Yeah. That, I'd put it as like a TV movie budget. To be honest, mm -hmm. it, it really felt like a, a TV movie that somehow got its way into theaters and got or, an MPAA rating 
of PG-13. No expl no explanation why, but it that's what I'm seeing on the back of the box. Oh, I'm 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 gonna love what I get to say next. For the ridiculously named Megiddo, uh, which is supposed to be really they should have called the movie Armageddon. Let's call it what it is. Um, but of course that title was already taken. They uh, for the ridiculously named Megiddo, uh, the Omega Code Two, they spent twenty million dollars. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I said that the original Omega Code cost $6 million. I, I'm Now that I'm thinking about it, it actually probably cost a little bit less. They, that, was what they spent, that was what they budgeted. They budgeted $20 million for it. They handed the movie off to exploitation genius Brian Trenchard Smith, who, if you know anything about exploitation, uh, legend in Australian exploitation, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite directors, this guy is awesome. He did Leprechaun 3 and 4. <laughs> he did Leprechaun in Space. Nice. This guy is awesome. Uh, Brian Trenchard Smith is a name we all should know much more of. Uh, not a Pentecostal Christian at all. And he decided, okay, I'm going to have fun with this movie. So the movie was released, and it didn't even do... I don't think it did even half of what it cost. <clears throat> so y'all can see why the bubble burst. Yeah. Um, Generation Films has not released very many movies since. I think they might have only done one or two. They have, I, I, I think they released one theatrical movie after this. Uh, they are done. They are more or less done for. Um, yeah. Because the Crouch family is so successful with the Trinity Broadcasting Network, they can't be outright done done. But they're not. They're not in good shape. Uh, but yeah. So so there's that. But. In the middle of this, in the middle of this bubble, there was a little company called Cloud 10 Pictures. Oh, oh. oh boy. Now we get to get, come to this one. Cloud yep. 10 Pictures released four movies uh, dealing with the end times, the Apocalypse Quartet, which, Thomas, I know you've seen a couple of those. I've seen two and four. That That's four. it. And I saw four first because it had this great cover of Mr. T on it. Yes, and uh, it's also apparently not the only VHS cover for for that movie. It has. It several. turns out, yeah, it turns out my library had a copy of it with where Mr. T was just a name on the bottom and not, hey, Mr. T is in a religious film. No, you put Mr. T as big and bold as you can. Yeah, he he's easily fifty percent on. On the cover that I have right now. Yeah. Wow. Where do I get into with these movies? Because I've seen them all. These movies might as well be called Off-Brand Left Behind. They're, they're, it's pretty transparent that's what they were going for, except that they muddle the ideas pretty wildly. Uh, two is the one with Jeff Fahey, right? Uh, yeah. Yep, Revelation. Yeah, yeah Revelation. There's a religious exploitation film with Jeff Fahey in it. You need to see this. And it's got pre-millennium Oculus Rift going on. Oh my mm. god, really? Yes. Yeah. How does that work? Yes, yeah, it's... Yeah, because it's... virtual reality was a buzzword at that time. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so it's it's in there. This is... This is something. Uh, these movies are weird. One of the movies has Gary Busey. Oh! And Howie Mandel... 
these are weird movies. Um, I just want to point out, like, the, the tagline on the back of Revelation. It's great tribulation for those left behind. What? Yes. This doesn't make yeah. any sense. No, it, it doesn't. They're not even trying. No. They're not even trying. They're not even trying to hide. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, the movies which come from uh, the Lalonde brothers. <sighs> These are weird Aaron movies. Um, by the way, I have the novelizations to uh, all four of these, too. They're goofy. They're they're high goofy and they're they're fun in a weird way. I mean, if you want campy, they'll they'll give you that in spades. They have the most ridiculous casts. They spent money on the weirdest casts of washed up. Um, they didn't even think about okay, are these people logical to be in it? Not so, with Mister T. Not with Mister T. But um, here's what's interesting about this company. They wound up getting the license to Left Behind and got the rights to make the, a movie based on the books. Now, before the movie could even be shot, Tim LaHaye, the uh, quote-unquote co-writer, even though it's widely known he didn't actually write a word of the books, he just simply gave ideas about what uh, uh, ideas to include in the books, and uh, Jerry B. Jenkins was the actual writer of the books. And I'm going to point out, I've read all of the Left Behind books. I, I don't I recommend. I did that when I was 16. I don't recommend anybody above that age do the same. Uh, they don't, this is not, that's not something from my past I'm particularly happy I did. The books are fairly quick moving, uh, but when you really, but they have to be quick moving because when you stop and think about them, yeah, there was a period where I read a lot of Christian books. Um, that's disgusting book that I wrote, uh, but I will pause and note, there are some very good books that I read in that time. Um, I still like the works of Frank Peretti. I still like the works of Ted Decker. Um, they, they did good stuff. Um, th there is good stuff out there. Um, this is not one of, this is not, this, the, these are not them, though, because if you stop for even one second to think about what's going on in these books, you realize that they are absolutely asinine. Fortunately, somebody else did. Uh, there is a, a complete sporking of the books uh, in the form of the Antichrist Handbook by Fred Clark. That's well worth reading if you get the chance. So anyway, with all that set up, the movie, here's what happened with the Left Behind movie. Jerry B. Jenkins and Tim LaHaye, they sold the rights to the books to a company called Namesake Entertainment. Namesake licensed the films to Cloud 10. and. Uh, Jenk and LaHaye immediately sued a lawsuit that uh, in 1999, before they could even start shooting the movie, a lawsuit that he would actually wind up being in litigation with until 2008. Whoa. Yeah. He got the rights to remake the movies, at which point he wound up selling it back to he wound up having to work with Cloud 10 again. I kid you not. Yeah. Yeah, the Lalons, uh, the Lalons wound up working on the uh, remake, which, again, I've heard is completely generic and bears little resemblance to the book. Um, so we're not covering it. No. No. Um, my understanding is it doesn't even get past the first chapter of the book. <laughs> wow. Well, there's no reason for me to want to see this, but um, LaHaye was angry because he thought that he was going to get a quality film, and instead, they wound up getting this. I will make the argument that 
had he held out because the books hadn't quite caught fire yet had he held out like a few months in terms of selling it he might could have gotten the film he wanted i think that there could have been a studio bidding war and i think he still would have been unhappy because i think someone would have taken liberties with it because that's what was necessary to make these into a good movie but let's talk about the movie that we did get because we've all three seen it Mm -hmm. yep at some point at some last point. night last time i saw it was actually in a youth group at um 13 years ago yeah it's it's been a while it's been a while too. but i do remember some very specific things about it specifically how damn cheap it is yeah this is a, yeah this is a movie that was made on a very low budget and it shows it, it um, does show the movie was made i believe it was produced in canada of course yep yep printed in yep. canada that that's yep. what it says on the back of the case you can blame canada yeah blame canada this movie kind of represents i wanted to use for example for this era of a christian exploitation because when you get right down to it this movie isn't really all that it's pretty generic as it's just kind of a generic straight to video uh thriller really yeah uh I don't know that it's really any different from any of the other. I mean, it follows the basic outlines of the book. You've got uh, the, the ridiculously named Cameron Buck Williams, a reporter. That's such nice. a stupid. I wanted to punch Cameron in the face. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Played by Kirk Cameron, giving his usual non-performance. Mm-hmm. Now, usually we point out that the actors in these movies are kind of washed up. It should be noted, Cameron was already a diehard religious fundamentalist when he was at the peak of his success. Oh, yeah, he got, um, what show was he on, Growing Pains? Growing Pains. Yeah, Growing yeah, Pains. He got his co-star fired for appearing in Playboy. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Notoriously. Okay, I'm going to try not to judge people on this cast. Kirk Cameron is not someone I have a very high opinion of because he doesn't come off as a very nice guy. No. No. What's funny is he does have a screen presence that would make him an interesting villain. I've seen at least a couple people point this out. He would make for an interesting villain, especially as he's aged. I mean, he, as he's aged, honestly, he probably bears his looks better, really. Because he does have a certain creepy quality and he might make for an interesting villain. In this movie, he's supposed to be the greatest investigative reporter of all time, as uh, of uh, GNN, of so, GNN, yeah. yes, Global oh, News Network, it. complete with a mock-up of the CNN logo. I'm like, really, yeah. people, <laughs> really? I hate it when movies. It's like I understand you don't have the rights to use real things, so don't refer to it. Let us infer it. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I'm oh I have to use this sentence. I hate that I have to use this sentence. One of the things I liked about um Heart of the Country was that at the very least it used real things. It referenced real things. They referenced real shows. Yeah. Yeah, um, like Dancing yeah. with the Stars and uh NASCAR. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and Juilliard, real things. Yeah. Yeah, so he works for this 
Um, he's previously covered an event that in the book is described as this epic, amazing event where, which by the way, it was pointed out in the Antichrist handbook, this would have been indisputable proof of the existence of God, um, where Israel is saved. But of course, nobody really reacts to this, where it's like God's wrath stops uh, people who are trying to invade Israel from uh, taking from destroying it. And not a single Israeli dies in all this. That would have been indisputable proof of God. Nobody yeah. says anything. Because a good rule about the characters in the Left Behind universe in both the book and movie, these people are the dumbest human beings alive. No wonder they were left behind. Damn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a movie about just some of the dumbest people. Um, like on the cover of the DVD for Left Behind, which again I have in front of me, it's like if you have the dumbest people that are left behind. Why would CNN say compelling, engaging? It wasn't engaging. It wasn't compelling. It, no, and also no, the whole idea that this is the, quote, best movie in the apocalyptic genre, unquote, according to Ted Bayer, movie guy. Really? That's not high praise. No. No, that, that really isn't high praise at all. When you, it's when, just... you, when you have to specifically carve out a genre to have it be the best of, then no. And it's not... And a, apocalyptic it's a... is capital A. Well, yeah, that's the point. It's the apocalypse. This yeah. movie... This movie is... Okay, this movie is theoretically... It's about the rapture. The rapture occurs, which isn't at all depicted notably. No, it, it's not even until like 20, 25 minutes into the film that you get to the whole important, oh, the people vanish from the plane, where's everyone? And then it's like, well, we're just going to meander for the rest of the time until yes. the, rest of the last 10 minutes where you get the most action. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, where was this, you know, whole, the whole time? Much of this movie... There is one good shot in this movie that actually conveys the horror of the apocalypse. I will give the movie this. There's one shot in this movie that's actually pretty decent. And that's the scene where uh, Captain Rayford Steele – can I mention I hate these names? Rayford Steele. Ray Steele. Yeah, that's not a porn name. <laughs> where he's walking through an airport, and it's supposed to be Chicago O'Hare, but man, is it a cheap airport. But you do have this sense of people screaming in agony. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's something. That's decent. Yeah. But that's the only time you have any sense of scope. The rest of the time it's just, well, we've got abandoned cars on the street and that's it. Yeah. There's there's no global epic sense of what's going on here. And then as soon as the apocalypse is over, it's like, hey, we got to start caring about this weird UN thing that's going on. With the yeah. least charismatic Antichrist ever. Yeah. I mean, the guy that they get to play the Antichrist, the, you don't believe this guy can muster. You don't believe this guy could get a uh, group of people to decide where to go for lunch. <laughs> we are about to turn this planet into a paradise. Unimaginable. Only a few short weeks ago. Ten oasis regions where each delegate is given complete control 
over his respective area. I grant all the power and authority due to your new positions. You are now kings and queens in your own lands, bringing prosperity and plenty to your peoples. Nikolai, what are you saying? We never agreed to this. Uh, yeah. And he has the worst accent, too. Nikolai Carpathia. Yeah, which is a shame because in the books, he's actually a fun character. Like, one thing I will give the books is Jenkins clearly had fun writing him because he does write him over the top and ridiculous and fun. Like, you can tell that's the one character that he was like, okay, I get to take the gloves off here. But, yeah, this guy is not a good version of that character. This, just, I don't know. I This movie is just so nothing. Like, I would love to really be able to say this movie is a so bad, it's good, fun movie. It's not. It it really isn't. It, it's just a thing that happens, and you're just kind of there to experience what happens. You're there for the 95-minute runtime, and only in, in the last 10 minutes does stuff actually happen. And even then, it's like... I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't care. It's like, I, I just roll credits. Roll credits with so, that turn of the millennium techno. You know, and what's so frustrating about this movie is that the book had so many things that could have made it ridiculous fun. I mean, I, like, it could have been silly and stupid. Uh, Cameron's wife is in the movie uh, as a character, and the character that she plays has some really stupid elements to her. By the way, like, the the whole Captain Ray Steele... Um, Seriously, I just keep hearing uh, bad 70s funk underneath it as I say that name. His whole issue is that he almost sleeps with a woman. Ah. Oh, these <laughs> movies, they're always so afraid to actually have the characters do something wrong. Uh, you know, I mentioned Decker earlier. He had a character who was revealed, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, she has such an interesting backstory in one of his books. So then I read her backstory. She was strung out on drugs and, and used as a kept woman. Well, there you go. That's what I'd always been looking for. Someone who was actually willing to have their characters go through a little bit of the dirt. Once again, I want to point out, Decker's actually a pretty decent writer. It was actually a pretty good book. I actually really enjoyed it. I will say this about Decker real quick while I'm on him. He did actually do a book that's Donald Kaufman's The Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did a book that has that same. It's also not half bad. I actually didn't. Now I want to watch adaptation again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch adaptation. Come on. But this, as I said, this movie, I wish I could say more about it because it is such a nothing movie. Mm -hmm. This movie got a unique release strategy, which was that it was released to video first in the thought that it would make, it would get um, hype for when they would release it in theaters. Guess what happened when it got released to theaters? Nothing. It tanked. So, yeah, it tanked. The next two movies went direct to video. Uh, there was never yep. even any discussion of theatrical releases for them. I never even you... bothered to see the next two movies. I just didn't care. Same. But I know you can buy the complete trilogy at half price books. You still have better things to do with your time. Oh, yeah, still better things to spend my money on, too. Left Left Behind was 
one of the few that I didn't pay any money for, and that's because it was at my library. Nice, nice. God bless libraries, huh? Uh, yep. But, you know, I've been trying to speed through these because I really want to get us to the main event. So let's speed through what happened. As I said, bubble bursts. I think another couple of things that helped hurt the bubble was that, A, we moved away from the millennium. And it. I, I kind of think for a lot of people, it was like uh, apocalypse isn't sounding as interesting anymore. Yeah. So we moved away from the millennium. We moved away from the potential for that. Um, you started to have your Christian filmmakers. There were a few films here and there. Fox briefly had a unit. Uh, Fox Faith, uh, they released uh, a couple of those yeah. films. They've released a number of movies direct-to-video, uh, which we've discussed. One of them last um, cast before last uh, mm -hmm. with Heart of the oh, Country. Oh, which, by the way, Heart of the Country is not Dove, it's not Dove Approved. It's not Dove Approved. It's not, not Dove, Dove approved, approved, but Cool Cat Saves the Kids is. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, there's something. I, I can't fathom. I can't either. What, so, what, did it, what did it lose on? I I don't know. Heart of the country did not turn up on the Dove database when I looked it that, up. Then they haven't. Then they haven't seen it. It's just that simple. It wasn't submitted to them. Gotcha. So somebody should submit it. <laughs> I, I will say that we, as we look through the boom, we as we look through this fallow period, there is one movie that we have to briefly discuss but only briefly, and that is the most successful Christian film of all time, yep. The Passion of the Christ. Yep. This one did not actually have any impact on um, the culture. I mean, within a year, it was pretty much kind of forgotten, actually. True. That's true, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, and that's probably because it was too intricately linked to its uh, co-writer-director's serious mental health issues that i don't want to make any light of yeah mm -hmm. yeah I, I i have genuine sympathy for mel gibson I, I i genuinely feel like uh he had an abusive uh upbringing uh he's clearly internalized a lot of very vile ideas he needs some serious help i don't take any delight in it that movie was a blip on the culture it's the christian yeah. It didn't lead to any real cash-in attempts. Uh, the closest we got was Disney did make The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, yeah. That's a good movie. I got nothing. I got no gripes with that one. I'm, not, I'm actually not going to trash that. That's a that's a real good movie. Yeah, it's, it's been 11 years. I still haven't seen that one. Oh, dude, that's real good. That's, it, it is good. That's that's really good. I, I really enjoyed it. That's that's a that's a cool movie. Tilda Swinton is the White Witch. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yep. and she tears into it. Uh, Swinton's awesome in it. That's that's a, the the kids that are in it are really good. Um, special effects. It was a uh, Disney produced it. Yeah, uh, so, Disney and uh, Walden Media did Walden it. Media, which Walden Media, in all fairness, actually put out some good films. Yeah, uh, they they holes holes, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, I have a story that I've been waiting ten years to tell. I used to work until recently at McDonald's. I worked for a, uh, a franchisee, and now that I do not work for them, I can safely tell the story. You know, kind of deep in the background, the owner was, you know, Christian. Yeah. We had the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe toys come through. We sold them, but 
the owner absolutely refused to sell the toys for the witch. Really? Yeah, it's like because it, you know, Christian allegory, uh, she represents the devil. It's like, uh, well, or or it might, you know, just be on the surface she's a witch. Because we also had these toys for his cartoon called Witch, and we did not sell them. So, yeah, uh, we, so yeah, those were completely left out, except... Don't you mean to say the witch was left behind? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You could say that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the capper to the story is, it was close to Christmas time. There was a lady that, well, I should mention that uh, each set of, I don't know if anybody knows this, but each set of McDonald's toys, the store gets a box that has, like, I don't know, three of every toy in it. Three or four of every toy. It's called the customer satisfaction case. You know, if somebody comes in asking for a specific one, hey, they'll have they might have it in the customer satisfaction case. That would explain the like my coworker time kind of the same story about with my little pony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but anyway, uh so there's a lady that came through that wanted to get stocking stuffers for her grand I think grandkids. And she wanted, like, two of every one, so I accommodated her. It's like, I didn't have anything ready to do. <laughs> and then I, I came across the witch. <laughs> and I just looked at it, looked at her for a second, looked at it, and I sold it to her. Attaboy. Yeah. Attaboy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what am I going to do? It's in here. She wants it. I'm not going to say, hey, uh, my owner's super Christian and doesn't want to sell the witch toys. <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I really dig. I, I really, I, I really do dig that movie. That's that's a good one. Um, and uh, furthermore, I'm I'm a big C.S. Lewis fan. Anyway, I think the Screw Tape Letters is one of the funniest books in the oh, language. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, there are, I've listened to two separate audio readings of it. One by John Cleese, one by Andy Serkis. Both of them are gold. Um, wow. Both of them, both of them are as good as you would expect those two men doing it to be. What's great is you expect Circus because he's doing a demon to do, you know, his golem. Uh, golem. No, he doesn't. He does it very posh, very upper crust, which fits the material, and he oh. tears into it. Uh, it. It's a reminder of how great Circus genuinely is as an actor. So. I recommend if you get the chance, I do recommend uh, listening to those. But again, you had that. That was just a brief weird thing in the society. And then you started to get the rise of the modern Christian exploitation film. Yep. I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot through these as quick as I can. Cause we got to get to the big, uh, we got to get to the big beast here. Um, oh, yeah. We're in. Kicker... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to be t- we're going to talk as long as we have to on this one. Oh, yeah. The Kendrick yes. brothers gained success with their stuff with um, such films as Making the uh, Facing the Giants. Was that the name of it? Yeah. Facing yeah. The Facing Giant. the Giants. Um, they Courageous, Fireproof. They started to have some real box office success. Um, yeah. So they they started and people started to take notice of this success. Um, you started to have other films here and there. 
Um, a lot of these are films that very few of you would know, but, um, you know, films like, let's see, there was October Baby, um, a few others that just, you know, had some real, Mom's Night Out, had yeah. some success. Boy, Jones made that one seem twisted. Like, that one seemed upsetting to me. And then you came to the Great White Whale. We all saw yep. God's Not Dead. We've all been foaming about it. We've been building to it. Let's tear into it because this movie is garbage. I read a number of Christians, fundamentalist, diehard Christians, who said, I want to apologize for this movie. Mm, wow. <laughs> Even a number of your most diehard Christians are not happy with this film. Wow. That's this was a big hit. something. This was a big hit. This movie made about $60 million, which in that market, that's a huge number. Oh, yeah. This is a bad movie. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I think both of you watched it for the second time for this cast. Yeah. I, I watched it for the first time. And right after right after having watched the, the I can't even remember the title, the like horseman saying, movie, yeah, the horseman movie. Right after having watched that, and uh, I believe after I finished that, uh, Austin, you said, uh, "Okay, now you were inoculated for God's not dead." And then, and then you started to watch again. And you said, "I take it back. This is so much worse. This is so much worse." It, at least with the horseman I, movie, you can kind of laugh at it because of the vow. Like the production values, but this mm -hmm. one, there's just there's it an, hurt to watch. There's an ugliness to it that's just that you cannot shake off. Yeah, this is a very, very, very morally troubled film. Like this is a movie with some really sick values. Um, the the plot of the movie because uh, I'm gonna follow Nathan's uh, suggestion, which is just get the plot of this movie out of the way. Is a Christian student finds himself at war with his uh, atheist uh, philosophy teacher, who at the start of the movie requires all the students to declare that God is dead, so that he can go on ahead and move on to other subjects in philosophy. Yeah, he has them sign a like basically a little. Con like a contract confession thing just write god is dead on a piece of paper then sign it yep mm -hmm. uh the student says i won't do this the teacher says uh okay you're holding us back instead of going you know what one student out of 80 won't change his uh won't say this so we're going so i'm going to take that as proof that you know there's a minority opinion here and then move on uh, he instead says, okay, you get 20 minutes of every class to, uh, for the next four sessions to try and convince students of your case. Um, at the same time, you've got a bunch of other subplots going on that don't really it, matter. It's a really shitty Magnolia. That's what it is. Yes. <sighs> I'd and rather watch Magnolia. It's not get fair on that. I know. It's for a cast. We're going to cover that one for a cast. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, Magnolia is one of my favorite movies. So, um, yeah, of course I'd rather watch that. Um, so this leads to a series of quote-unquote debates, but really it's just the student being allowed to make his case with the uh, atheist professor making occasional comments. 
uh, a number of students start to really be intrigued by what this kid is saying, even though he makes the most basic, uninteresting arguments. And and, mm-hmm. and kind of you could poke you could poke so many holes. Yeah, what's like? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, you could poke so many holes. I did while I was watching. Yeah. So, I mean, this does, he doesn't even make good arguments. He doesn't even make good, interesting arguments. Eventually, we find out why the professor is actually so ardently anti-Christian. And there was a point while you were watching the movie that you messaged me and said, is the atheist professor going to turn out to be an atheist because he wanted something from God and God didn't, and God harmed him in some way? And then, you know, like, I, no, I, I believe I said, Please don't tell me that the atheists, uh, you know, blah, 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 exactly that. And then you just repeated back what, well, what I, I did. Said. Was I copied and pasted it. Yes. All I did was I copied and pasted it. And I just said, "God damn it!" Just like fucking, yeah. just like fucking Santa Claus. Come on. <laughs> Eventually, the professor will have a change of heart, and as soon as he has his change of heart, he will be flat he out gets murdered, dead. By a car. Yeah. Hit and run. Yeah. And he dies in the street, and heaven rains down tears because forced drama, forced forced ploy, and he's saved at the end. All while part of the biracial pastoral bromance goes through his phone and reads some of the messages. (laughs) That's right. Uh, and ultimately it's concluded the student ultimately sways all of his classmates it's a happy ending okay complete with the newsboys concert mm, complete with the newsboys concert I noticed that Michael Tate who was in uh, DC Talk was in uh, is in that group now that actually kind of made me sad because I I like DC Talk darn it I really do like them Uh, they really did have some amazing stuff Uh, them Jars of Clay there was some good music and I didn't. I didn't actually find the music in this movie too abrasive. It wasn't too bad. It was just. It was just. I okay. It, it was this, there. It was there. It was there, which is better than the last movie when the music actually made me angry. So you know, there's that. This movie. This is a movie that ends with a quote-unquote happy ending. But let's actually list the toll that this movie has wrought. The atheist professor is dead. He has never made up with his girlfriend. Uh, so near as he can tell that relationship. So she dies not knowing that he's fixed, that he's had a change of heart. Uh, just focusing on the death for a second. You know, the whole movie, the whole movie, like you mentioned the Magnolia is set up, you know. And it all, you know, they all kind of, all the plots sort of kind of collide at the end. Sort of kind of not really. You know, oh, in well. the in that they're all at this concert. And, yeah, not well. It's a tribute to, oh yeah, God has a plan for all of us. God has a plan. And he is, you know, guiding all of this together. It's like, okay, that's fine. That's all well and good. But it's like, what about the loose ends? What about the guy who fucking hit and run him? Was that part of the plan? Or, or you know, the... Alzheimer's riddled grandma. That's right. Well, she's or... just, she's gonna die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like 
It's just like, okay, that that really damages your argument. I'm sorry. Well, let's list the toll at the end of this movie, because I really want to focus on this. Okay, the professor is dead. His rela- uh, His girlfriend is going to be, although they'd broken up, but she's still going to be shattered by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't there to help him. Um, the main character, uh, the supposed protagonist of the movie, even though he's really not the protagonist, we don't really get too much insight into his character. He loses his girlfriend of five years, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Wait, going six to... years. Like six uh, years. Yeah, six years. My my brother and I worked it out when I was watching it again. They were dating since middle school. Yes. Okay, that's a sad relationship. Um, And the fact that she left him over something like this means that they did not communicate with each other. They did not seem to have a relationship at all. It was a bad relationship. Yeah, it's a relationship that was fated to end badly. Uh, I would make the prediction that uh, she uh, is probably going to wind up going off. And by the way, she never gets a name in the movie. Did y'all know right. Holy shit. Girlfriend. I'm going to call her Kathy Lee Gifford's daughter because, well, that's what the actress is. But yes. Yes, Kathy Lee Gifford's daughter. She's probably going to go off, wind up uh, becoming a... She's probably going to lose her religion outright. She's probably going to become... This is probably going to be the moment that's going to disillusion her with religion. She's probably going to go off and have a very fun college experience and have a much more interesting and fulfilling life than our supposed protagonist. So he's lost his girlfriend. She mentions in the movie that she gave up a chance to go to two better schools and dropped that. She's probably got to be extremely angry with him because he doesn't even fight for her. He's like, go on ahead, go. Yeah. Um, so he's lost his girlfriend. Uh, he's just, he's probably helped destroy her life a little bit. Um, he, has because he's focused all of his energy on this debate with this professor, he's probably sank his college career before it could even get started. He's going to be on academic probation, I guarantee you. Yeah, um, and especially since he's trying to get into pre-law or whatever, you can't have that. No, he is. he's also not going to be employable as a lawyer because he's going to be seen as biased and... Uh, he's yeah he's not going to be able to work as a lawyer at all he's i mean he's he's out of luck um, yeah his so his life is ruined for this then there are the students that are affected by him let's keep going down the toll if we will there's the muslim girl oh uh, oh I have thoughts about he, that yeah oh. let's get to those oh. thoughts because we're on that subject okay yeah first of all okay she's wearing her father makes her wear a you know the um they kind of okay there's specific things that you call those uh i don't think this fits any one of those specific things no it's it's not um it covers up like okay you have the hijab which just covers up the hair and you know yeah a lot of women wear those and and then there's the niqab yeah and then there's the burqa which covers everything this is somewhere between a burqa yeah. and a hijab. It like covers up her complete head and face while leaving everything else exposed. Yes, um, it is. That that is uh, that is closer to a niqab. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, it's it's sad. By the way, that we are doing so much more research than this movie does, but we've actually taken the time to care. 
Yeah, it's like I all I had to do was look up on Google some of these things. It was not hard. By the way, all of these clothings that the women wear are not compulsory. That's the thing that never gets brought up when we're discussing coverings. That's right. That the women choose to wear them. That's right. Exactly. It's like it's a religious thing they choose to do, you know. And when you hear them discuss their reasons for doing it, it's beautiful, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, we're really probably making people angry now, but <laughs> I don't care. Okay. It covers her face. Did anybody notice what was left uncovered? Everything else. Her arms mm-hmm. and her cleavage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bullshit. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's that's inaccurate. So yes, let's get into what happens to her in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because her father is like. I know it's hard living their world and being apart from it. I know they 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 seem happy. But know that when you look around at all those people, there is no one who worships God. Not the way he deserves and demands to be worshipped. Anyway, so she has her little iPod Nano out. And I have that exact brand of iPod Nano, by the way, in the exact color. And let me tell you, you can turn that screen off easy. Oh, oh, really? (laughs) Oh, really? Yes. It turns off on its own in like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a simple battery saving device. Yeah. So, yeah, she is listening to, she's listening to scripture, basically. And there is a, there's a picture, there's a convenient picture of Jesus as the album cover on the screen. It's like, okay, the other thing is, don't put that as the album cover if you don't want anyone to see it. You can hide this stuff. I mean, it's not hard. Yeah, I mean, but, or you know, if you're gonna leave the the iPod on with the cover still on, flip it over. Right. Flip it over. Flip it over. Hide it in something while yeah. as you're listening. Put it in your pocket. These are niggly points, but I mean, it's just so convenient. And her brother, for some reason, like interrupts her, comes in to her room for whatever reason. Really only so he can discover that she's listening to Jesus. Instead of going, I don't care, he steals it and reports it to his father. Who throws her out. Who throws her out. Okay, let me tell you something. A quick thing. You can Google this. I did. About Islam. Jesus is a prophet of Islam. This is a prophet prophet of Islam. That is true. The gospel is part of that religion. Yeah. So... What branch was the father practicing? Right. Yeah, that is a good question. Oh, yeah, but by the way, it's been pointed out, okay, like, their names are something else, but they speak a diff- but they speak Arabic. Like, the names are Persian, but they speak Arabic. Oh, but that's not the worst language fail. I'm going to get to that in a second. But yes, so she gets thrown out of the house. Not, not before she gets hit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hit. So, her life is destroyed because she listened to a couple of lectures from this kid. She's lost everything. She's lost her father. By the way, she's not going to get to keep going to school because her father is probably going to stop paying for it. 
Yeah. She's homeless. Her life is destroyed because of this. So, and then the most happy that she might get is it's implied she might wind up hooking up with this kid at the end. Uh, well, there you go. There That's you your go. trophy. And then there's the uh, then there's the uh, Chinese the, kid who, wow, every yeah. sequence with his father is bad because I, he winds up alienating his father. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by the way, he talks like a disgusting stereotype. Um, he does, yeah. It's like, what's the implication here? He's he's from China, so that obviously means he's a godless communist, right? Which is not actually accurate. Yeah. The Christian faith is actually very successful in China. Oh, I, I love the I love the scene where he's introduced. Like he only gets like a total of maybe five scenes throughout the entire film. Yeah. Uh, as does queer. as does the Muslim girl, but um, she, uh, his his character is quote unquote introduced when they're you know when they're signing up for classes and outdoors of, outdoors outdoors that's right. Um, and on the first day. Like on the first day when they're supposed to be register, you know, moving into their dorms, it doesn't work that way. No, you register for your classes like way before. Yeah, um, months before. Yeah, but you do that yeah. in May. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And okay, so yeah, um, the person is like reading his form and says, "What does PRC stand for?" People's Republic of China. And he looks at him weird. Seriously. Oh yes, always serious. That's what the country is called. Everybody should know that one. That's pretty easy. Yeah, it's like I didn't get the point of that. In the scenes, by the way, with with his father, and this is something I learned via IMDb, they are speaking separate dialects of Chinese. <laughs> I was uh, like, going to bring that up. One of them yeah. is speaking Mandarin. One of them is speaking Cantonese. Ooh, wow. Those are completely separate languages, more or less. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this movie is so bad. So little so little effort has gone into uh, everything. <laughs> yeah. But it's like so, with the talk of all of these stereotypes, I'm painfully reminded of North. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Oh god, this yes. movie is worse than North. This movie is much worse than North. I hate that I have to say that. Um you also have another character that we have to talk about whose life Her. is also destroyed. And that's because the, of the cancer. The, the blogger. Cancer. Let's just get the, can we please get the room clip in here so that we can just get that out of the way? We've gotten your results back from your test of last week. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. That's what we all thought when we were watching it. Thomas, please I, tell me. I thought it, not. I quoted it, and I'm like, I did too. And they said it, and it's like called it, called it. Oh, this. But movie. unlike the room, it goes a little forward, but not by much. Right. Yeah. All we know is that she has cancer, not specific Can cancer. Cancer of the cancer of the tissue. Cancer of the plot. That's right. Uh, cancer of the cancer plot. Of the now, now she's a liberal blogger, and we know this because she goes up to one of the Duck Dynasty uh, Cretans, and is like. <sighs> Hits them with all these stereotypes, you know, blah, blah, blah. How dare you? How dare you kill ducks? And it's like, you know, most liberals don't care about hunting. Right. 
Exactly. Many liberals are hunters. It's like, are you are you PETA? What the fuck? Yeah, she just goes off on that rant. And she's horrible to these people. If I were them, I would have cursed at her. Uh, like, she goes up to, the, uh, to his wife, who is clearly a modern woman, clearly well-dressed, yeah. clearly intelligent, and uses the term barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. You did no research. In fact, she's an active part of their brand, so to speak. I don't know what she does for a living, but she's an active part of their brand. And I just, ugh. And so she's got her boyfriend, who is uh, Dean Kane. Dean Kane is... Business, business, business. Numbers. His reaction to finding out that she has cancer is like no human being on the face of this planet's reaction to finding out something. Oh, this is the moment I had to stop the movie and call you because yes. I realized in abject horror why this movie is so toxic. This scene. Describe it. For okay. Me. So, okay. The guy's exact reaction is This couldn't wait until tomorrow. What? How can you say that to me? I thought you loved me. I do. But you're changing our agreement. You're, you're breaking our deal. You make it sound like a contract negotiation. Well, what did you think this was? I thought it was love. Grow up, Amy. Love is the most overused word in the English language. And then I had to stop and go, wait. This this movie isn't bad because of the writing, because of the laziness, because of No, it's bad because this is how this is how these people see people who don't believe in Jesus. This is this is exactly how people how these how the filmmakers specifically see people who have not accepted Christ into their life. Yeah. You know? And it's like, look, I'm a preacher's kid, all right? I grew up in the church. Um, a very, you know, non-denominational background. I consider myself a Christian still. And uh, I have many, many, many atheist friends. I have discussed religion with some of them, you know, in a very respectful manner, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they all bring up good points, and they all, you know, and I've never tried to proselytize to them, of course. Um, but, you know, they are all very sane, caring, kind, you know, loving people. It's like, that's just, you know, that's just being human. And this vile piece of human shit is exactly how they see, uh, how the filmmakers see uh, atheists. Yes, and it's exactly it's, it's it's a disgusting view of humanity. It's really black mirrors. I I yeah. hate to bring it up, but it's black yeah. mirrors. Yeah. This is what black mirroring is. Exactly. These are soulless people, and and it's no empathy at all. This movie has no empathy for them. Though honestly, does it really make Christians look that good either? No. No. No, because the preachers, the the biracial bromance, as you referred to it. After they find the uh, professor and they get him to convert, they're driving off as happy as can be. And it's like, you just watched a man die. 
do you have no sense of pain uh, of uh, your monsters? It, yeah. It, but it's okay though. He accepted Christ. <laughs> so yeah. So this you know sick. It's all good. God. Right? And if you look on the IMDB page, let me pull it up so I can quote it exactly. Please, oh, do. please do. When commenting on the final scene with Kevin Sorbo's character, producers of the film stated, quote, We felt like we did a good thing. There was a sense of completion and warmth as the principal actors and extras looked over his dead atheist body. In full Christian spirit, he did away with evil. Really a very beautiful thing. He's not dead. Um, I beg to differ. He's very dead. He's, he's, he's dead. I mean, he's, he's, he, he's, he's not mostly alive. He, right. He's dead. Yeah. That is a dead part. He ain't pining for the fjords. <laughs> this movie. Wow. That's that's sick. I mean, that is a sick. That is sick, yeah. You. It's, it's like... one thing to take that attitude of, okay, this guy, um, you know, it's one thing when, okay, a loved one dies and they've been sick for a long time and they're not hurting. He's in heaven now, you know, he's, well, whatever. But this, it's like, uh, you could have prevented his death. You could have, yeah, because he's not coughing up blood. He's not, he's not acting like anybody who actually would have been in his situation. What they should have done would have been stopped and called 911. But they don't do that. By the way, I love the instant diagnosis of... His, his ribs are crushed. His lungs are filling with blood. <laughs> how do you... How do you... He's not coughing X-ray eyes? That's I mean, right. Unless being a pastor gives you, like, superhero powers like that. I mean... That's right. You can't tell. And also, Sorbo should have been a lot more bloody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah. It would have he... turned into a hard... Well, maybe not a hard art, but at least it would have gotten a much more harsher rating if they showed what would have happened in an actual accident but no yeah give us some of that give us some of that uh uh pasture of the christ blood come on yeah and it made me realize i could fix the ending to this movie which is that he almost dies but then recovers and devotes his life and changes his ways and has a road to damascus moment that's an ending that still would have made this movie a vile piece of garbage. There's no redeeming it. Right. But you know what? It would have been 5% better. That's right. At least that. At least 5% of this movie would have been better. And that would have been an actual interesting ending. And that could have even set up a potentially interesting sequel. But no, 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 no. no. What we get is he's dead. Now, C.S. Lewis also took the killing the uh, convert uh, route for uh, the ending of the screw tape letters. You know what Lewis's excuse for that was? It was set during World War II. <laughs> it there didn't feel it didn't feel as contrived when Lewis did it. It was like, okay, that's a logical situation where someone might get killed. This movie ugh. and let's talk a little bit more about Sorbo's character because we haven't really touched on him enough. Uh, no. As Albert and I were going through this movie, listing all the myriad ways that he should have never even gotten to the position that he gets to in this movie. He should have been fired years ago. And on that, uh, I know you stopped at the credits, but apparently there was a 
uh, well, you also read the IMDb trivia, so she, you should probably know this, all right. But, yeah, there there's a thing, a list of 37 different court cases where people felt None that... of which you can read really well at the, at the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such fine print and... Yeah, it's pretty bad, but... Um, but it's, yeah, 37 court cases where, um, students felt suppressed by their teachers. And it's like, okay, that's all well and good. This guy still would have not gotten to this point. No, and by the way, most of those cases were people suing for the rights to oppress others, actually. Right. A number of those cases were actually, like, oppression cases where people were like, well, we don't want to serve gays. We don't want to be, oh, Yeah. Again, this movie has some rude... So even then, it's not a good... They're not good examples of what this film is trying to do. Oh, no. No, this movie... Ugh, this film. So let's... But, but, but let's talk about some of the things that Sorbo's character does that we find out guaranteed he's done. For starters, this whole... You have to... First of all, he's a terrible philosophy professor because he tries to take the idea of God off the table immediately. That's a terrible philosophy professor. It is. What a good philosophy professor would have done would have been, let's engage with myriad ideas of God. Let's look at different conceptions. Let's look at why people believe what they believe. Because there's a whole interesting history about that. <laughs> there's so much to delve into. If you take that out, you basically deny a lot of philosophy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I also have to mention that I am the son of a, I think my dad minored in philosophy. Hello? Trust me, I have had philosophical discussions. <laughs> and you cannot cut God out of philosophy. Yeah, you can't. It just doesn't work that way. This is, this is, it's asinine. I mean, furthermore, making students deny their religion on day one of their class, he would be fired for that yeah that would he would be and telling students you'll fail my class unless you do he would be fired for that not only like, that he, there's no syllabus he does not hand out a syllabus for the class true yeah, so, yeah he's, he's a pretty terrible professor he does nothing right this guy would have been seriously he would have been canned we then find out that he's dating one of his former students oh yeah. Which is oh, yeah. that is like, super. Un first... You so can't do that. And and it's yeah, and it's inferred that uh, well, not just inferred, outright stated that yeah, they fell in love while she was still in the class, and he asked her out pretty much immediately after it ended. Oh, you so can't. <sighs> yeah, Christ. because anybody that knew about this. Even if they dated, started dating afterwards, you would be it would be a conflict of interest because because you can't guarantee you can't prove that it didn't start after. Oh, he would have so been fired for this. The way that he talks to his students, the way that he is abusive to them, the fact that he outright tells uh, the main character, "I'm going to destroy your co college career because of this," he would be. Oh, he would be fired immediately. So hardcore fired. <laughs> and, wow, he lives such an upscale life. What other job does he work that he can afford that? Because I know college professor ain't doing it. 
Uh, I love how he just has this upscale everything. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, this movie has no sense of reality, to say the least. Yeah, it it really doesn't. Like, like one one of the things that threw me off was our hero's presentations. They're too well done, <laughs> in in the time span that he has. Assuming that at the very least. His class meets once a week. I don't know. They didn't really specify in the film. I, I, I've been around people who are animation and motion graphics. That what he made would have taken at least a good two months to do at that quality. Yeah. Without yeah. sleep. That is a professionally done job. Yes. It's a professional job, and there's no pro like ready-made program like PowerPoint or Prezi out there that can do that. No, you have to. I'd say that's even better than like After Effects level. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it, that's at least my agreed. I mean, at, at, at the very least, but yeah. still, it's like you you can't do that and devote time to prepping for your your debate or whatever mm -hmm. at the end of class if you're no. spent making all this stuff and at this point if you're great at all this stuff why go into pre-law at all go into motion graphics i mean we <laughs> we need people out there that's right but it's just it's so absurd and again these are not good these are not good intense well-made arguments these are base level arguments i've read really good fascinating arguments on both sides and these are these are not good well thought out arguments N nobody would be swayed by them they'd just be bored and irritated that this kid is taking up so much of their time it, it's really like his power to con to convince people is really all all of that of one chick tract yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, this kid would really actually be extremely hated. He's not charismatic. He's not charming. He's not decent to anybody. Can we say who the protagonist's name is? Yes. Joss Wheaton. Josh. Doesn't yeah. that sound familiar Josh, to anyone? Josh Wheaton. Yes. Josh Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. That doesn't sound suspicious, like so similar to atheist Joss Whedon, you know, the guy who gave us Buffy and Firefly and Avengers, you know, those in, things. In all fairness, in all fairness, I worked down, I actually figured out what they were going for for his name. I think it is coincidental. Uh, Josh, you know, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus. And Wheaton is Wheaton College, a college that is extremely conservative, ultra conservative. Why didn't you go there? Uh -huh. They have law programs at those schools. God. This, God, nothing about this movie makes any sense. By the way, you know, again, we find out why the professor is actually an atheist, and it's the stupidest reason. It's, well, my mom, uh, my mama done died, and so that's why I'm a, an atheist. That's always why they are in these movies. Uh, you never have a guy who's like, well, you know, I really thought it through, and I'm just not convinced of the facts. 
Right, which is often the case. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is often the case. And, you know... It's rarely emotional. It, yeah. It's rarely emotional. It's almost intellectual. In fact, in fact, like, something like that, a major tragedy, would actually kind of draw you a little closer to religion. In reality. You yes. know, that's what it does. That's what happens. You know? But in all of these movies, it's always that. And they always bring up the problem of pain. I just, this movie really made me angry. And it made me angry for my Christian friends. That's what it fundamentally did, was it made me angry for them. Because, because they're good people. My, my, my diehard fundamentalist Christian friends are good people. And I love them to death. And I believe that they would look at this movie. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But they have to know, this is not... It's this not, is not how you want to be seen. It's not good representation, no. It's not. No. It's not there's no love. There's no kindness. There's no decency. No. Uh, I really hated this movie. Uh I've watched probably worse movies for this cast. I but I don't know that I've watched movies that have made me as angry as this movie did. Um this movie made me angrier than Sucker Punch. Let me tell you. Let me tell you another story. I had a lady who I was really friend, who I was friends with, like ten years ago. It was actually exactly ten years ago. She was a hot dog lady. I used to lunch with her every day. She was Catholic. She was a really nice lady, but she described to me what you know her version of tithing was. You know, it's where you give like ten percent to the church or whatever. She. Yeah, described it as, you know, oh, it's, you know, if you, if you put this aside and, you know, give this, you know, give, you know, give this to church, then something good will happen. You know, maybe you'll find a pair of shoes that you lost, or maybe you'll win the lottery, or maybe you'll, it's like, and that just disturbed the hell out of me, because it's like, what kind of, what kind of universe is, is, you know, this that you're living in where god is you know you scratch my back i'll scratch yours it's gambling it's gambling exactly it's gambling it's magic and it's like this put off those vibes this is that universe Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's exactly what this was this was this was just it was it was a pain to sit through twice like (sighs) i wish you hadn't man well, here here's the thing. I my brother he he goes to Catholic high school, same one I went to, and he's in an apologetics club. They paid to see this in theaters. I'm okay? really sorry for him. We didn't pay. I I didn't pay either, but it a year later I it's at my library. I'm like Okay, I've heard it's supposed to be bad. How bad could it be? And at the end, I'm just like, "Ouch!" This is this hurts. And and then, you know, being asked to guess on this cast, I'm like, I I can't put it off any longer. I have to revisit. I have to revisit, and it hurt again. Which which also speaking of apologetics is another thing. For our protagonist who's, you know, Christian or whatever, and giving these really based arguments, 
How does he not know apologetics? I know. That should be that should be something in like the, his youth group or his education. I don't, it's never said whether he's going to a, re, a religious school or not, but he should have had apologetics. He should know this stuff. But no. He should, but he doesn't. No. No. He's he's an idiot. This this is such a this is not a well thought out movie at all. It, this it is not really a well isn't. Out. In the worst way, like it's ignorance on the worst level. It is. It's ignorant, and the, and and watching this movie just made me. It made me angry, and it made me feel bad. I mean, it just. After this movie, uh, I know you had to watch the Babadook to feel better. Oh yeah, and I did. I so did. And That's it did, great. It did That's make great. me feel a lot better. <laughs> Fundamentally, I can tell y'all that what what I'm really gleaning from this current wave of Christian movies, though, is that the sad truth is a lot of them are following this one's stance of yeah. hateful, strawman characters. You know, it's saying that these are really poorly acted. They are, by and large. Although Sorbo is fun in this movie. I'll say this. For someone who's playing a total strawman, he's fun in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It hurts to know that he actually believes every single bit that this movie is spewing, but he's fun in it. He makes a convincing villain. He makes for a convincing villain. He's he's good as a villain. He's he's it, really it, not... It's really the goatee that does it. Let's be it's honest. The goatee. It, that <laughs> goatee is marvelous. And also, I love for all the threats that he's giving, it's like we don't really see any of them in action. No. I just wanted them at the... Honest to God, weirdly enough, I would love to know if somebody has sat down and done this. You know what? I'm going to pause right now because I'm going to check and see if something exists. All right. I'm going to fanfiction.net. Oh, 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 oh. oh boy. Oh. So let's go I, with. I know there's Bible fanfiction. I know there's Bible slash fiction between Peter and is. Jesus. I've read, <laughs> I've read some of it. Let's see. Oh, boy. Of course. Not, I, I couldn't find stories. anything on God's Not Dead. I have found six. Um, let's see. Um, there is. Um, oh boy, there are. There is at least one slash story for this movie. Shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I fist bumped the person that did that. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Who? Who's the pairing? Who's the OTP? Who do you think it is? It's the teacher and the student. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god. Ah, I just love that that exists. And you know that whoever wrote that wrote that as an angry reaction to this movie. <laughs> oh. So there you go. We can take you, if we can walk, you can walk away from anything with this movie, you can know that fan fiction of anything exists. Specifically slash fiction. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why, but that is pretty cathartic. <laughs> that is cathartic, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but then you you have to realize God's Not Dead 2 is coming out. Yeah, yeah, that was shot in Little Rock. Oh, yeah. I passed by the shooting of it a few times on my way to work. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Am I going to see it? Probably. Melissa Joan Hart is in it. Yeah, and I heard stories about her on the set of it. Apparently, she did not make... She didn't walk away from Arkansas with a lot of people thinking highly of her. Let me put it to you that way. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, she made a lot of enemies in this state while she was here. She might not yeah. be a very good person. And it's it's really funny because this is an aside, but uh, on the extras of one of the Robot Chicken uh, seasons, uh, there are two there are two guys that walk around like they they're having a party for all of the cast members, and of course Melissa Joan Hart was uh, is was a regular guest star on that, and so is Mila Kunis. So they they try to talk to as many people as they can. A lot of people are talking to them, but they try to talk. They try to get the attention of Melissa Joan Hart, and she just walks right on by. They're like, yeah. well, that's weird. And then they talk to Mila Kunis, and she's she's of course um, every bit as friendly and personable as you would think she is. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stories about her. Yeah, and uh, she's. And she's like, yeah, oh my god. And then, like, yeah, we tried to talk to Melissa Joan Hart, and she just kind of walked around by it. She's like, seriously? Yeah. Well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, ugh, this, this, this movie. I'm, I'm never coming back to this movie. I'm never going to revisit it. I, no. I have no desire. I have nothing. I, I'm done. Um. So those are my thoughts on this movie. Um. I hate it. I hate it. 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 Everyone I'm gonna get Yeah. No, there we go. Oh, there's currently a cat doing parkour in my house, so <laughs> I do nice. want to but I do want to like close with this point, which is this. To Christian audiences, come on, don't you all want something better? Tell me about the persecution complex. This movie is a persecution complex film. It is a celebration of the persecution complex. And that's what a lot of these movies are nowadays, is we're having our rights oppressed. You know what? No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell y'all right now, you're not. You are the most popular religion in the world. Yeah. No. You you're doing don't... fine. You're doing fine. Quit with this narrative. If you want to look appealing to other people, then why don't you start by trying to make yourselves look appealing instead of doing these movies where you come off as the saddest, bleakest, most unhappy people on the face of the planet? Why don't you make yourselves look good? And then while we're at it, while you're making these changes, why don't you also step back and go, okay, we can make movies about other things. What's it like to be a fundamentalist Christian? Make movies that reflect your lifestyle instead of judging other people. Tell me about your life. You know? I have two movies I can recommend off the bat as far as, you know, that goes. There's Leap of Faith. Really, really good movie. Uh, Steve Martin's in it. You know, he plays a preacher who basically runs, you know, a tent show. And he's straight up a scam artist. And it's, you know... As they all are. Yeah, of course. And it's... And it's a great movie, and he, you know, it's all about redemption and, you know, finding, you know. But yeah, that's that's a good example of a good religious, you know, movie that uh, kind of, you know, tells what it's all about. Another one is Robert Duvall's The Apostle. Yes. That one yes. is also great, and that one is, he's he's a preacher, but he's not a con artist. He is a, it's probably the best depiction of... What's the word I'm looking for? You know, the... the stand, I know what you're getting. Yeah, stand up yeah. and cheer. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Not evangelical. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, 
but yeah, it's it's like the best it's like the best depiction. Like if you've ever seen if you've ever seen like Christians do that, you know, hold your hands up in the air and you know, actively, you know, being real active. Just watch that film and you will get it. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, so yeah, positive examples do exist, but there are so few and far between. And it's a problem. I hope we don't be I hope we don't return to this um topic i can't be sure that we won't i hope we don't yeah yeah <laughs> thomas just... on the other hand it's been a real pleasure having you on yeah thanks for coming on man oh uh, uh, thank you guys it's been real fun it's been a real pleasure talking to both of you and for almost a year or something like that yeah yeah been solid we we really we we want to have you back and hopefully let's do let's do a good movie next time yeah yes please yeah Yeah, we'll do we'll do we'll do some good movies next time yeah i think this is actually the first time like we we three have like a major like little facebook chat group i think this is the first time that we three have actually uh been on a voice call together yeah it is yeah it is pretty cool it's been fun yeah (laughs) so let's do uh let's do the wrap-up and let's give a hint about what's ahead well actually before we do that thomas do you have anything you want to promote uh well you can follow me on twitter at film spectrum you can follow me on instagram at film spectrum and i am part of a let's play channel called nerd party on it's on youtube look for the red balloon icons like i mentioned early on I I don't play them as much, but I I am a commenter right now. We're about to come back from our hi- hiatus with more Undertale. Yes. So get the, hyped for that. Those are amusing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, more more Undertale, more Hatful, hopefully by Valentine's Day, if anything. Undertale's a fun game. And very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we should also uh, start by, as always, thanking our patrons. Thank you, guys. We are almost to the... I think we're... Since Patreon kind of uh, did the more accurate numbers thing, we're a little farther from our goal of a uh, website, but really we're almost there but yeah thank you guys thank you let's see uh thank you bridget thank you nathan big time bridget oh yeah big time uh thank you amanda uh thank you sheila thank you daisy thank you sean from no totally yeah patreon.com slash the film room uh even a dollar helps and gives you access to almost all the benefits (laughs) there are tears but yeah, it gives you access to all the extra content. You can email us at filmroomcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, you can find us on our Twitters uh, at filmroomcast. I am at PrimitiveManPRD. Austin is at UntitledUser. And of course, Thomas is at FilmSpectrum. You can Facebook us, like us on Facebook, add to our small little pile of likes. Uh, Facebook.com slash the filmroom. You can find us on our feed, thefilmroom.podbean.com. 
Uh, we will post the blog. There will be a few links for this one. More than usual. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you find us on iTunes. Rate and review us there, please. Follow our nostalgia col- column at the Film Room Lobby. Film Room Lobby at .wordpress.com. We got a lot going there, y'all. So till then, wow. I just, I'm kind of too defeated to say anything as a wrap up. Oh, wait, what's on, what's on next? Did you say that yet? Oh, we oh, haven't yet. We did. That's right. And, um, next week, we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to be going back a bit. We're going to look at uh, one we've been wanting to look at. We're going to look at Parenthood. And we're going to use it as a way of discussing the very uneven career of Ron Howard. So that's next. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Looking forward to that. Yep. So. So. All right. Until then, later. Later, y'all. Later. Don't watch God's Not Dead. (laughs) Don't watch God's Not Dead. What happened here tonight is a cause for celebration. Pain. Yes. For just a few moments. But now, think about the joy in heaven. Little boy at peace. What is this place? Beyond the stars. Open up your eyes. What are these things you're moving toward? Head so full of wonder. Worries in the past. Could it be that you?